Chris Jensen. It's June 2nd. This is episode 28 of My Life, and welcome to it. Today is the next round of It's Not About Me, It's About Us, where I will be talking with Ruben Ravelis. So stay tuned and uh, enjoy. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, how's your day been? It's been good. You know, just um, getting the heat and getting used to that and uh, doing some artwork here and there. Yeah, the heat is kind of new, isn't it? Yeah, it's here. Yeah, it, was, it was like over 100 or something yesterday. Yeah, for four days or so. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't turned on my AC yet, so, but I think I'm going to have to break down and do it. Fortunately, where my apartment is um is um in the building here it gets lots and lots of shade and usually doesn't go over 80 degrees inside so and that's like a good temperature for me oh yeah that's great. yeah so that's pretty cool thank you for uh your starting off kicking off round two of these guest chats um so thank you for being, being willing to do that yeah that, 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 my pleasure yeah. yeah, we, um, you know, I was getting ready for all this and reflecting back, and I think we met through Uli, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you were, you and he were, were doing music. Yeah, I, did, I actually just spoke to Uli now, recently, like two hours ago. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a cool dude. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping to talk him into doing one of these too. I, he, um, you know, I was one of the first people that he met here in Sacramento, so that would be a fun chat if we can get around to it. Yeah. And what was that? What was the name of your uh, group? your musical group? Oh, Homo Erectus. Homo Erectus. Yeah. And how long did you guys stay together? Um, I don't know, a couple of years maybe. And then we do on and off shows, you know, when we feel like it. So. Right, which is nice, yeah. right? Yeah, like today, yeah, I sent him some tracks to remix some uh, new order tracks. So he's gonna uh, remix them and sing on them. So it'll be interesting. So. We've been cool. doing that. Yeah. So, you know, things to do during this time. So I've been doing that with my other electronic uh, music buddies and we did Super Freak. That was an interesting. Um, oh, I'll uh, bet. Yeah. So, yeah. So Uli's next with uh, the New Order mix. So we'll see how that comes out. It's going to be great. You know, it's funny. I, I was really into the music scene back in the 90s, which I consider the golden age of music in Sacramento. But yeah. um yeah, it was, it was great back then, too. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, and, you know, I've been uh, checking in on your uh, your COVID-19 uh, Facebook gatherings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and listening to some of the new music. And I, I am so out of the loop these days. All of it's new to me. Well, there is a, yeah, I mean, there's a lot... Um, a lot of different, you know, different kinds of music in Sacramento now, which is really cool. You know, it's just that it's not as, um, you know, as of a, you know, I mean, back then it was, it was a special time back then. So it's, yeah, it's, it's I don't know if there's even a, is there a category for the, it's, I mean, it's mostly electronic. Yeah. But other than that, is there really like a genre that it belongs to? Yeah, there, there is, there's, yeah, there is genres like that now, especially the more, hmm. they're, they're more mixed now. So they're more, uh, what do you call it? Accepted and also like really a um, lot more people, you know, using, doing more experiments with acoustic and electronics and stuff like that. So it's really cool. 
You know, that's, it's, yeah, it's been a wonderful experience, and I'm looking forward to, you know, I, I hope that something like that will continue even after um, a lot of the stay-at-home stuff ends, because uh, it's just a, a great way to stay connected with people. Yeah, I, I do think so. I think I think that, you know, I was talking to my, my friends, and I think we crossed a, a divide here during this time of mm-hmm. techno- technology and reaching out, and I think people... You know, as far as like you haven't seen that many people around, you know, just because people get busy with their lives, you know, and doing the show, it brought up people that, you know, I've used to see a long time, you know, for a while. And you just kind of miss, you know, you're still around, (laughs) you know, you just don't see people as much, you know. uh, Right. Yeah, it it made us slow down, didn't it? Yeah. So now it's like, you know, I think that it um, shows that even through technology, we can still get together and we can still, you know, talk and even if it's not, if it's just hanging out. So, so what's the, what's the official name for the show? Uh, well, it, it first started out as uh, love in the time of uh, COVID. That's right. Yeah. But you know, I started to, and that's when the verse, when it first started, it really started with happened with, I wanted to, I just, I felt like this darkness in the world and I felt like there was a lot of uh, anxiety going on. And I just, one time I just, you know, I, I just have told myself, I'm just going to get on the internet go live and see if there's anybody out there that, you know, just wants to talk or, mm-hmm. you know, just needs something to kind of distract them right now. So, and as I did, people start logging on and, you know, so I decided, well, maybe I'll take it a step further and really make it a, you know, kind of a lounge hangout things that we were missing um, and people really responded to that. So, and now it is, it is, you know, it's, it, it's evolved, you know, and I've evolved in that, that time too. Cause I get, you know, electronic, I love electronic stuff or, you know, technology. So mm-hmm. um, it's easier for me to, you know, to get into it because I, as an artist, I have to create. And that was, I took, I took time to create that, show more than I did, you know, actually make an artwork. So I just kind of uh, morphed into that scene. And I think that, um, a lot of, you saw a lot of people, uh, going into that, um, you know, with zoom and all these other tech, you know, all these trying to get together. And I don't think it's going to go away soon. I think it's actually going to expand. You know? I hope so. Yeah. I hope yeah. so for so, sure. And I, you know, I see art galleries doing it. I see, you know, once people start realizing kind of the power behind it too, because there's always people at home, you know, I mean, every, you can go out too, but there's, you know, some people like me who get social anxiety sometimes stay at home and I still want to see what's going on. (laughs) So this is a way, you know, I've been getting different artists and, um, you know, just talking to them, see what they're, what they're doing, how the state is. And as, as it progressed, right now to the show now it's called the cali cocktail social hour because at some point i got tired of seeing that covid19 mm-hmm. you know i just just the word itself i just yeah you know so it it just you know incites a fear which is obviously you know because of this time so but i always knew it was going to evolve into something different so I, I did change it to the cali cocktail social hour because it is a gathering and it's still the same thing it's just more uh you don't have to see that covid19 <laughs> And words yeah. really matter. They do. And I, I know, think, they really, they really, yeah. really do. And, yeah. um, you know, I, you know, I was thinking that all the things that you do in, in the world of, of art and, and creativity, in, in a way, you're sort of like a Renaissance person. You do so many different things, you know, there's music and you just finished up, uh, we'll come back to the show in a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you just finished up a major project, right? Well, <laughs> 
I don't know. It, seemed, it sounded major. Well, it, it well it was a uh, because of of COVID and um, their ability to show things at the Mexican consulate. Um, they asked they asked me to do a video or actually a video presentation of like me explaining how Mexico influenced my artwork. So, oh wow, yeah. So they're having so I will be the first one I think in the series of it. Um, but I decided that you know, like me talking about it, it was cool, but. You know, 20 minutes of me talking about that was something I thought that I could show it. So into a, so I made a basically I made a video piece, a, a, vi, a visual poetry piece. Nice. Of, of when I first got to Mexico, when I, you know, when I went to go back to search for my roots. And this is and become an artist is all accidental. It wasn't something I was gonna, yeah, I'm you know I wanted to do or it just it just kind of unfolded by going to Mexico. So. Um, and I made a video piece. I actually actually put some recordings that I did down there. So in the background, there's recordings of, of a banda playing, and there's actually recordings of my journal that actually you know when I was down there and kind of talking about uh, you know seeing my my family for the first time, where my wow. was born, you know. So it kind of has like all this kind of strange elements. Um, so wow. yeah, so that it was cool. I mean, it, you know, we'll see how it comes out uh, because. I can contemplate life in English, but in Spanish, you know, I'm a little bit limited to do that. So I did it in English. I did it first Spanish to introduction, but then I did the rest part in English because I can write better that way. Okay. So yeah. you were, you were born in the U S and, and raised through the um, school system here. Yes. So I'm, I'm a Chicano. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So, and you know, my first language is Spanish because my mom and dad spoke Spanish, you know, and real quick, you know, what happened was that my mom uh, died when she, when I was uh, four days old. So my aunt raised me and, he, you know, so I learned Spanish in the very beginning and going to school. I thought, you know, obviously I learned, you know, English was my was the main language that I spoke, even though my parents, my parents spoke English, uh, Spanish at home. So so it was uh, it was really a coming to uh, seeing my roots in Mexico and kind of that's one part I put, you know, when I go to Mexico, my, my blood boils and it goes to my heart and opens up. And that's what wow. Yeah. How old were you when you first went back to Mexico? Uh, well, I was a kid when I first went back to Mexico. Um, it was um, probably in, in grade school, but those are very kind of not really I can only have like little bits and pieces of, of what I what I saw, you know, and I don't even mm-hmm. know, I don't even remember if I really met any of my mom's side of the family. Um, I met my father's side of the family, you know, obviously. And, but I just don't remember ever really meeting them or having any, like, I don't remember seeing my grandfather. They were all gone when, by the time I was born. So um, they were still in Mexico. So I never went back and saw any, anybody on my mom's side of the family. When was it that you made a trip to Mexico that really, um, uh, what can how can you even put it? Woke you up, I guess. Yeah, it was in um, so in this in this uh, video that I made from I, the timeline, I kind of started it, but it kind of, it's kind of a little bit confusing. But it's but it's kind of meant to be. It's not um, linear in time. So when I first went to Mexico, to you know when this happened was I went to Oaxaca, and at that time, I was kind of just depressed and kind of not knowing what to do with my life and just, you know, you know, when you get to that point, sometimes you're just like, I don't know what to do. And you're kind of just depressed and, you know, you just don't know. So I, opened, yeah, I know. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, I think for me, I was missing part of myself. I really, you know, I didn't know the other part of, you know, because when you, when you grow up in America, you as Mexican, 
especially in Mexican American, you don't want anything to do with Mexico when you're a kid. Your parents are, are you know, like, the, why do you have to be so Mexican all the time? Like, you know, we had, we recycled, we had a garden, you know, we had chickens, you know, but just like, but we we're really st- stood out, you know, because no one really had that back then. Right. You know, and so, um, you know, and we went to just, you know, it, it was everything about us was Mexican and we lived in a, a white neighborhood. So we stood out. Oh, and, right. Yeah. And you don't want to, you don't want to stand out. You want to be American. So that, that's kind of the plight of, of Mexican Americans. I think, you know, a lot of immigrants, um, but I, I can only speak for Mexicans, you know, we go through this thing where, where we want to simulate. And then in, in the end, maybe at the later part of our lives, I think um, you, kind of are missing something. So that, I think that what was happening with me. I was missing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking how, you know, kids can be really cruel and, um, you know, to be the only family of Mexican descent in a whole neighborhood. Um, did you, I'm just going to ask you, you know, did you experience a lot of bullying or teasing growing up? Um, I think back then, you know, we were all the neighborhood kids were awesome. You know, we are all friends. We're a neighborhood. You know, of course we oh, got into, cool. of course we got into a little uh, <laughs> race race throwing stuff. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you know, they would call me things, and you know, but I knew it was in jest, and it wasn't. Um, you know, uh, nowadays it would be crazy because <laughs> you just don't do that. But you don't. No, you back, don't. It's a different time. You know, back then it was a little more rough too, and a little more. Um, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's just different. So, yeah, but we're all friends, you know, we'd actually we'd fight each other and then we'd fight the neighborhood kid, you know, the other neighborhood, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was like, yeah. they're like, it was like a, you know, band of crazy, you know, it wasn't like a band of brothers and sisters. And so it wasn't, um, we didn't have anything really like that, you know? Um, now outside of it, yes. You know, there was always coarse spick, wet back and all that stuff. And, yeah, you know, we just had that with people that we didn't know. But that's yeah. kind of how that's kind of how we grew up. And where did and where did you grow up? What city were you in? in Sacramento. Yeah. Oh, you grew up in Sacramento. Yeah. So right you been here, were you born here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And um, even though your your mom passed when you were little, um, do you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have uh, two brothers and three sisters. Yeah. So wow. yeah, big family. And your and your pop is he still living? Yes, yeah. But I was raised with my uh, mama Concha and, and Trujillo, which is my my other dad too. So, okay, and, yeah. and they're still around too. No, they they passed away. They have okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, my my condolences. I know it's been a while, but still. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. I know I know the with my parents they passed years back, but everyone yeah. when I start talking about it, I get kind of, you know little teary-eyed sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they, you know, taught me a lot too. And, um, so, you know, and that's kind of like, you know, they're, <laughs> they were hella Mexican too. Right. <laughs> so, so, you know, and you know, I, and it's funny because like I said, a lot of the stuff that I, you know, I really did not like when I was a kid, you know, like I said, you know, cause we were poor, we were on welfare. Uh, my dad worked in the fields and okay. everything, every, everything that you could say about you know an um, uh, immigrant, we were you know uh, that was stereotypical. Yeah, and then now I look back, I'm like, oh well, so recycling, having a garden, having chickens, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all cool now. I'm there were some cool parts, right? I'm, I'm all, how did I? Yeah, not back then though, <laughs> but now it is. As a child, we don't, you know, there's so many things that we don't appreciate. Yeah, when we're kids, and as adults, we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, 
Yeah. So I so appreciate that. I mean, I didn't know if that we were hipsters, so we would have been, I would have been more like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, back then that was a symbolism of like, you know, really not from being from here. (laughs) So to speak, you know. When we when we met you you were doing the music thing, but were you yeah. when when was it you real was it your trip to Mexico that really inspired you to start um, branching out into other forms of art? Yeah, yeah. So I'll go back to you know going back to Walker real quick. Um, okay. In two thousand eight. So you know so I was at a press and um, I opened up a book to me like I'm going to go to Mexico. This is after a trip I did a, to Cuba. And that was another interesting one. So I opened the book and I said you know. I put my finger down and it was Oaxaca and I was like, I don't know what this place is, but I'm going to go there. So I went there. Um, that's where I slowly started to, um, to re- recover myself. Like it was this magical place. I could tell when I first opened the airplane that it was getting magical. It's almost like they, you know, Oaxaca opened her arms and embraced me, kind of, kind of wow. guided, guided me through. Yeah. Cause I'm, 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 I'm a person where I believe um, that there are entities or spirits that come when you're need when they're needed. And when they're needed. Yeah, and you'll you know you talk to people and they see everything about you. You know you don't know why. You know you don't know who these people are, but you talk to them. Like there's one lady who I spent all evening with, and she was an older lady, and she reminded me of my mom. And she, oh, wow. all these older ladies <laughs> remind me of my you know my aunts, and you know I should say you know because they all. They, they, I don't know what they, it's just their mannerisms and all this stuff. So, you know, she was telling me, you know, she's like, Ruben, you're going to, we need you here. You know, you're going to be okay. We love that you come here. And, um, so I had like an, like a whole night with her and I felt so bad that I was going to, I was going to redo her food stand because it was, wasn't the best. And so I bought all this stuff and I bought a, this, uh, a mocajete, which is like a stone grinder. You know, so okay. actually, yeah. And so I bought her this and I, you know, cause I just was, it was so profound to me, you know, it's the first time I ever went to somewhere and I cried afterwards after a meeting with this woman. Oh, that's and, amazing. Yeah. And she was, um, you know, she was like, I don't know, she has to be in her eighties. She's like, I have to go up that mountain to walk. I'm like, you come here every day. She's like, yeah, I do. And so, and her name was Maria, of course, you know, <laughs> so um, you know, and so I, I carry this mocajete with me, and I went back every day to try to find her. She never, she was never there. And oh my gosh! Yeah, so I, I carry this this mocajete. It was like I don't know, twenty pounds <laughs> everywhere I went with me in Oaxaca, just to, just in case she would be. I'd come back the same way, and so people would started making, uh, <laughs> sorry, going, why are you carrying that thing everywhere? <laughs> Because I'm looking for this woman, you know, and I'd ask around the, the park where she had her stand. I said, you know, where's where's my dad? She's like, I don't know. She's always here every, you know, every day. And she just hasn't been here for the last couple of days. So I remember carrying this thing and it was, I was almost leaving. And I have pictures of it of going to bars. I'm like, oh, it's you and me, you know. But it, oh, it wow. So, um, but it's funny because I went to, I think it was a bed and breakfast I went to. And this lady's like, why, you know, she asked me again, like, why are you carrying this thing? I'm like, well, it's for this woman who I met who really, you know, gave me this you know, kind of a spiritual cleansing by just talking to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, she goes, Oh, you know, you remind me of that story of, I forgot what story it was, but it's a story about some, a person who carried this rock and it was like a symbolism of their life. And I had to, you know, it basically I was carrying luggage with me. And then once I got rid of it, it would, you know, you'd be li- your soul would be lightened, right. It'd be lighter. And I was like, I, I, it was kind of ironic cause that's what it felt like. So, 
on the last day, I finally went to one of the vendors and I said, hey, look, I bought all this stuff for Maria. You got to promise me you're going to give it to her because I, I'm not going to see her. And he's like, I don't know. She's always here. I don't know why she's, you know, again. And I said, okay. So I took out a visa in the Guadalupe and gave it to him. I said, look, you got to promise me on, on, you know, on the Virgen, which is over there, that you're going to give it to her. And I gave him my, I gave him my jacket. I said, here, here's a jacket for you. Make sure she gets it. So, but I never knew she ever existed <laughs> after that too, you know? So that's, a, that's quite a story. Yeah, that's so. quite a that, that's quite a. I mean, that just sort of leaves me speechless a little bit. Yeah, and it you know, and like I said, you know, it was at that time when I was talking, it was like late at night. It was only her and I, and then her friend who was sitting back there, I think. Um, and we just had this conversation. It was you know, it was it was special, it was magical. Yeah, and, and I knew back then, you know, I, I didn't know, I still didn't know I was going to be an artist back then. I just knew something was was stirring. I knew that. You know, I had to come back um, and I have old pictures, you know, like I took a, uh, I think a disposable camera at that point. With mm-hmm. So, um, and then, so, you know, that kind of started, you know, my foot into it. So right. then I just, what, what happened was that I started looking at all the artwork there and I think that's what happened. You know, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then um, around 2012, I think uh it was, I got the stimulus, it was fun. I got a stimulus check. I think it was 2012, right around, somewhere around there. Um, I bought a camera and, um, my mom who raised me has passed away and I never asked her about my mom cause I was so uh, loyal, you know, I didn't want to hurt her feelings. So I didn't ever ask her about my birth mother. So when she passed away, my godfather and my brother and my cousin decided we we're going to go to, um, to place to, to go meet my mom's sister who's still alive and so i took a camera and my some of my family was was born from was born there so they vaguely remember because they were little, little little kids so my whole goal was to take a camera and just take as much pictures as i can so if they can never go back they would you know have pictures of where they grew up you know all this stuff right and so i never had any photography lessons really never had anything i just you know point and click uh and I went down there and when I came back, people really, really loved the picture. So, and that kind of started my, um, way into art because <clears throat> I was never in like in music, I was never satisfied with the sound, like or just the sound of it. So I was always into manipulating samples, you know, getting records and cutting up bits and making loops and really putting all these effects on it. And so photography wasn't something that I liked just flat um, pictures printed. I knew that they had to be, had to have a different dimension to them because that's how I saw them. So I started to manipulate them. Um, and I remember my first show, <laughs> I remember people like, why do you do that? You know, why do you, you know, <laughs> but it reminds me of, you know, of music. I learned my lesson and music was my biggest failure, you know, which is cool. Um, because you have to have a big failure. Right. <laughs> and so it was. So, but one of the things I learned with music is that I don't, you don't listen to people, you know, because they said the same thing when I started sampling and, you know, making all these loops and weird, you know, weird time signatures. And, you know, why do you do that? Why can't you just make regular music? And that was back then, you know. So I think I, what happened, what I just used to do with music, I just transformed it into artwork. And now it's, you know, going on to different dimensions and, you know. Yeah, you use all things. kinds of media now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like I'm a pixel bender, is what I call myself. 
So I want to go, I want to, so I had a, some questions came to mind as you were telling your story. Um, now, Oaxaca was, that was a random thing, apparently. I mean, when yeah. you make a choice, you don't, you didn't know ahead of time how important it was going to be. But in, in, subsequently, have you discovered any connection that you had there prior to going? No, no. Well, no, because what I discovered was when I went there and then I, you know, did my, my trips to, uh, Zacatecas, I, I kind of felt like I felt whole. Right. And I was like, okay, well you would think I would go back and I visited one more time, but I didn't go back and keep going back to Zacatecas because it was a little bit, um, on, not, I would say on the dangerous side, but you couldn't do what you can do in Oaxaca and Oaxaca. Um, I, when I started to go back, I wanted to go back for a day of the dead and because all my life, I felt like a connection with 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 the spirit life because of my mom. You know, mm-hmm. you know when you're, I, I I always say I don't I don't recommend it for anybody. You know, to for your mom to pass away when you're born, but there's something spe- special connection there. And um, I feel I've always had that connection, and so that's why I went down to for Day of the Dead because I felt that I could be with my ancestors and be with my you know, and that's how I feel. That's like. so cool. I feel everybody's there like, Hey, you know, so it's not a matter of, to me, it's not a matter of like, um, what do you call it? Being in a certain spot, but being in a spot where everybody, cause over there in Oaxaca, it's a lot different. Mexico now is more, they do more of day than that stuff, but in Oaxaca, it's a truly, um, you know, a couple other places in Mexico too, but it's a truly where they really did it. And now a lot of times in, in Mexico, there's spots that are kind of more touristy. So they do it for the tourist reasons. And um, we never did that when I was a kid. There was little bits in here and there, but never like that. So never like that. I remember I've seen some of the photographs you've posted on Facebook from the Day of the Dead, and they're quite remarkable. Yeah, um, I, I, they're stunning, is what they are. Um, and I, yeah, and I have thousands that I've never showed before either. I'll you know? bet. I'll bet. Yeah. So, did you? When, during the day of the, did you did you ever put your camera down and enter fully into the experience of celebrating that day? Oh yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's weird because it's not something. Even even if you did it for fifteen minutes, you would you're already immersed in it. You know, I mean, yeah. like picking up the camera, and putting it down, or you know, every, as everybody says, oh, you know, you got to live the moment. Like you don't understand, the moment is everything. You know, it's everywhere. It's not just that particular sure. space and time. You know, it's like you are um, in it and you, you feel it. And even if you're feeling it, because that's the whole point. The whole point is that everybody's here. It's like, you're living like you're really, you know, it's normal. Right. Yeah. I mean, there are people at the cemetery and, you know, and I do talk to people there and they're really nice and they, you know, can I take your picture? Yeah, I can take a picture, you know, or how you doing? And they'll talk to you because they want, you know, to know who, who these people were. This is my mom. Like one time I went to the cemetery and I'm like, I'm going to go there before anybody gets there. And I was like, I hope, you know, I mean, I I don't know. And I don't know what people are going to say to me, but I walk around and, um, you know, this guy's like, hey, I'm like, hi, how you doing? You know, telling him, like, I'm visiting. He's like, yeah. He's like, come here, I want to show you something. And he goes, like, this is my hefa, you know, my boss, my mom. He's like, this is my mom, you know, and um, I built this this nice little, he built like a a steel, you know, like a fence around her her um, her tomb. And, okay. Uh, yeah, and it'd be beautiful, like, you know, decorating it. He's like, my sisters are coming with some flowers. We're going to have some food here, you know, come by afterwards, you know, I'll be here, you know. So it was like, to me, it's like, you know, being here in America, it's not as open as it is over there. Like over there, you like if you, you know, I kind of, I still feel a little bit more like defensive, not defensive, but I not open. And then all of a sudden, you know, 
if you let them, you know, let it go, then they bring you into it, you know. So I've had a lot of good experiences with people at the cemeteries and just talking to them. Um, and, you know, seeing who, you know, who's what and, you know, what, you know, who is this here? Yes. And there is sadness, but there's also pride and, and joy, you know, um, with that too. And, and so. you know, the stories, the family stories, I, you know, in doing this podcast and thinking back, trying to remember the stories that my parents told me, I, cause I, I never really knew my, my mom's dad, he died when I was like, I don't know, one or two. So I never really got to know him. There's all these stories that I've heard. Um, and mom put together a little uh, binder full of pictures and stories of her side of the family. My dad's side of the family is pretty much a mystery. So being able to visit someone, even at, you know, at the cemetery and hear family stories. And, uh, you know, I think that we're more than just the product of our individual families, but we're the product of a whole line of our ancestors that we don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I know that, um, uh, and Thich Nhat Hanh was talking about, you know, your, your DNA carries through your, you know, your trauma carries through your, your DNA. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of it, I remember him talking about like to forgive your grandfather, forgive your great grandfather, your grandmother for all this, you know, cause sometimes the trauma just goes from parent to parent. Right. We don't, we don't know what, two generations happened to go, right? It could have been even right. worse. Because, you know, my dad was an asshole. You know, he was an alcoholic, everything else, and I had to go through all that with him, you know. Wow. And And so, but in knowing that too, you know, like I, I started hearing stories about his, our grandfather, and how strict he was, and he was a drinker too. And, you know, so you start seeing, if you go back and back and back, you start seeing a pattern, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it, it is up to you to, to, look at that and either stop the pattern or, you know, continue it, (laughs) you know, but you have to, at some point, you know, look back and say, okay, well, you know, are you going to forgive that person even though you didn't know them or are you going to, you know, it it just seems to me, and I know that now there's science that's, that's saying that too, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I learned a little bit here and there. I may not learn the whole, the whole history, but little bits I learned, um, that, um, it just it, it makes it more clear now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't. There's things. You know, if you don't know something, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. The intergenerational healing is so important. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think people. You know. Uh, it just seems like in America. You know, and I don't. I don't mean to. You know, we just don't seem to um, honor our ancestors or our. You know, um, as much as they do. In Mex- I think Mexico are a little more open about death. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I agree. I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that um, the Day of the Dead is something that if a culture embraces that, like, you know, Mexico has, yeah, it's it's a healthy thing. Yeah. And, and they have here. And that, that's the beauty of it. You know, I know that there's people, you know, on the Mexico, well, that's our culture. But I'm like, no, no. I, yeah, I go to me. It's like, no. I remember um, we did one here at the Latino Center does, does the Day of the Dead celebration over in uh, J Street. And I was here that year for um, for it. But usually I'm gone in, into Oaxaca. But one day, one, week, one year I was here and they asked me to do um, an altar. And I did a kind of a multi-international multi, um, uh, one. You know, my, um, I had my friend Ruby, who's a Jewish, you know, have that part on there my friend piagu's tie so we made a kind of a bigger one with different people you know puts different things on there 
And I remember um, a woman coming up to me um, and she was asking, she's like, look, she's like, you know, I, I just don't know. My, my mom you know, passed away and, and every Thanksgiving I have a plate for her and my family always makes, you know, kind of jokes with me about it. And, but I really feel like she's there and, you know, I just don't know how to honor. I just don't, you know, people just don't accept that fact here. I said, well, you know, that's why you should make an altar. You know, you make an uh-huh. altar, you know, you make an altar and you're, it's like a meditation. You're putting your soul into it. You know, you're putting what they like, you know, what they, you know, different, what they remind, you know, and in Mexico, you know, if, if they died from smoking too much, you know what they do? They put cigarettes there because that's what they liked. Right. You know, and it's a lot of it's, you know, it's, it's pretty funny. Some of the, it's, it's very, uh, anything, anything goes, you know, and it gets like, <laughs> so it's not just like a, you put cigarette, you put beer. If they're alcoholic, they died from alcoholism. You know what? There's a beer there. There's tequila, you know, mezcal or whatever they put on there for different, you know, for, for what they liked. And that's why, that's yeah. how they come. So it's not hiding anything, you know, right. but right. I think it's a beautiful thing that it is coming into the culture, especially in California where people are more, you know, everybody asks me, how do you build an altar? I'm like, I'll show you how to, build, you know, something, you know, like a different style. But the thing is like, you just got to bring your love and that's it. You know, you, right. you bring your stuff and, and, and it feels, you know, she said, she kind of started, you know, weeping and, uh, well, crying a little bit. And, um, she said, thank you very much. And I said, well, you know, thank me, but I'm glad to share this information for you, you know? And, yeah. and she's like, I think I'm going to do that. And I'm like, yeah, you could, you'll find it very, very cleansing because, you know, you have a picture of your grandmother anyway, so why not make it beautiful? Absolutely. You know, or, you know, or your parents or, um, so, um, and you know, a lot of times I don't make altars for my parents, you know, because, uh, it's always in my heart, right? Okay. I always feel like they're part of, you know, they're, <laughs> so, so, but I, but I am, but I am help. I like to help people do it too, sure. but I'm, you know, I'm not like, and I, I can build a beautiful one cause I've seen so many ones in Oaxaca and, um, and I mean, I kind of have one right now here, but I guess I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I do, you know what I mean? I guess what they're looking down upon right now. I like got these pictures, and um, it's, it's, just, it's just not a <laughs> like an you know, yeah. It's it. I guess it is. Well, well there you go. So it is, but um, it is, and I'm sure it's not. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's the connection to the person, yeah, and the love we bring to it that's more important than how it looks, probably. You know. Yeah, and I think you know, like I said, you know, people will design the way they feel. And, exactly. you know, you, you put flower, you know, and it, it really is. It, it's, it's just, you know, you put a box, like I know, and I've learned to, in Mexican style was to get like a drawer from a, you know, from a dresser and then flip it upside down and paint it and then put, start putting stuff inside of it. And it's really beautiful. Yeah. And you can hang them too. That's, that's the thing too. Like, that's what I do a lot of them. I guess I do. I guess I do build a lot of altars because I built, um, uh, one's from, I'll go to like when you were able to go to, uh, uh, Habitat for Humanity and I find there's a lot of drawers there that they sell for a dollar. Right. So I just get those, paint them, um, you know, put different various things and, you know, uh, images inside and then, you know, those are altars, I guess. So, so I guess that's I do pretty cool. Yeah. I guess I never really looked at myself like that, but yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny when we start talking about things, oftentimes we learn something that is new well i think it's 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 just i think it's just a natural thing so i'm like not even thinking about it but then i go oh think about it, yeah. Yeah. so uh in addition to day of the dead down in oaxaca was that also the place where you started developing um your relationship with crows no that's sacramento 
Go Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento has lots of crows everywhere, you know, and I think that, um, you know, we all, we all have our spirits animals and we, and through our lives, it, they, they change, they morph, uh-huh. right? But um, just a crow in itself resembles, you know, um, an urban animal, <laughs> so to speak, and one that learns and um, exists. They're very smart. Yeah, and exists, and we don't even know, you know, they're there, but, um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things, one of those animals, I think, or spirits, I would say, that has always been around me, and if you open up to it, you see a lot, and you, right. you, know, you start seeing a lot more. So, and did you, find, and did you find them when you went down in Oaxaca? They're different, you know, they're, um, there's different looking, they're in the Corvids, but yeah, they're different. Um, same family, but different. Yeah. Same family, different. And I thought I saw some and some of them were like, um, I did one. I'm like, look, these crows are, you know, different. they were like magpies or something like that. Yeah. You know? So it wasn't, there's, I didn't see that many there as I do here in, you know, here and all around, like, you know, you go see ravens and, um, at the coast and, you just, I just like to, you know, like I said, there, I, I'm looking around at my, you know, my room now, and there's like a whole bunch of, you know, crows and things that I did. So, yeah, always, I know. Always, always the forms. So, you know, and, keep, and, yeah. You know, I was just going to say, it keeps popping up. Yeah. You know, even at the gallery today, there was a baby one. And I was like, oh, I took him out of the sun. And I learned, you know, that you leave these, the babies alone, right? You know, you're, you want to help them. And, um, so I took him out. I put water on him because he was, you know, looked like he was hot, and I left him there. And I could see on the tree that this mom was looking, you know. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna come back. Here. I'm gonna leave you here. I'm gonna come out, and I was gonna go. I'm gonna come back because my friends are they're birders, so they always say, you know, if you find a, if you find a bird, most likely the mom is around, unless you see a dead mom, you know, then maybe you right. should take them. But nature will take care of itself, which she'll they'll help them, so especially crows. I mean, they're so smart. So, you know, I went back the night, gave him, tried to give him some banana. He wouldn't eat it, you know, but, uh, you know, I could see they were hawking at me, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not hurting them, you know, cause you know, they'll, they'll remember you. <laughs> so they will. So, you know, I went back and, and, um, you know, they're just, like I said, they're everywhere. And I mean, it really, I wanted to take them home, you know, and try to help them out. But I know that sometimes when you do that, you actually, you know, cause more damage to the, to sure. the system. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. So, That's right. Yeah. So, the, you know, like they're, they're, they are everywhere and, um, and they're like sn- sneaking around and they, yeah, I just like the, you know, what they stand for, you know, and they're very common, right? So they're not right. spectacular bir- birds, but they, but they're probably the smartest one out there. They're smart. Yeah. Which, uh, transition, transitions us back to the, uh, the Cali, what was it called? The Cali oh, cocktail Cali social hour social hour where um you wear a crow costume <laughs> it's crow feathers my, my girlfriend actually bought it for me for for my birthday Is she really yeah she's like see i, I, think, told you. I think it's totally cool because then your um your co-host i forget her uh melissa yeah mel where's the chicken yeah so, so it's a real um avian flavor to yeah, which is funny because, you know, I do the shows on Mondays and Wednesdays, depending on what, what you know, by myself. And, right. Um, so it's just like, you know, just, you know, have a different artist, whatever, on. But on Fridays, you know, we decided to do Feeling Fridays because, um, you know, a lot of people were going through stuff and she's a live coach. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and the 
the gist of everything too was that when you do these like shows and you have healers and all this stuff, it's so serious and so like non, you know, very just too serious, you know, and just almost like uh, you kind of get scared of even asking questions, you know, because sure. like yeah, what's, what's wrong with way. me? Yeah, you know, I'm not saying all of them, but I, but for me, it's like a lot of of, of these modalities too. Like they become too serious, and you can't. You know, for me, it's hum- life is humor. It's about smiling, breaking the smile, you know, talking and laughing, right? So we try to do that with people and, and you know, try to find out. We call it Feelings Friday, you know, bring yeah. your feelings. And, um, you know, just try to take on a, a serious subject without being, you know, o- you know, overly dark and trying to heal people, I should say. Yeah, and I think, I think for the most part, um, you guys are successful doing that. You know, the two of you keep it light for yeah. the most part. Yeah, um, the guests the guests that you have on are quite entertaining. Yeah, and you know, and we just have, and it doesn't even have to, you know, like I said, you know, uh, it goes in that direction. It goes in, but it, you know, you it's, there's no script, so you never know where it's going to go. Right. Like, this, and it, yeah, like, it can dive, it can dive into the depths every once in a while. Yeah, but so, it doesn't tend to stay there. Yeah, and that's why I change it with music and you know different parts to you know kind of. Give people. It's almost like when you eat something and you need a, 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 a palate cleanser, right? You can't just right. keep. You can't just keep eating the same flavor. You got to change oh. the flavor up, or else you know you're just going to be like, okay. And I'm also, okay. yeah, yeah. And me too. You know, I get when I hear people for a long time, I, I kind of uh, zone out. So, so I, I have to change it up a little bit. No, I get that. I get that. Um, one of the other things, and you you mention it oftentimes during the social. Uh, the social hour there is something you call glitch art. Yeah. And I've seen some things that you've posted on Facebook and um, they're not exactly videos, but they're there. It's art that, and it moves. Well, they, uh, th- there are, there are videos actually, but they are videos. They're, they're very short clips, but in, in essence, glitch art is like, especially I do a lot of nature glitch artwork, which is very, you know, would say the extreme part of, of manipulating photos right so okay. but it's very um me- not mechanical uh, technical technologically looking right it's it's very right. um really modern kind of style that i really like i mean i always really like messing with um uh different forms so usually i'll get take a picture of a tree and then glitch it out which means like you know you manipulate it to where it doesn't it might even look like a tree uh, right. And so a lot of artwork that I do too is super up close pictures of like branches because, and I do the, you know, nature branches and you can't tell because I kind of manipulate them too. But what I love about it is that it's true nature. It's, I'm not, although I am messing with it, but that's a true pattern of nature, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, you know, setting it up or anything like that. And then, so we go into it and then like right now I'm working on a glitch video, which is going to be another half hour. So when I play for the Kelly cocktail, that's what's going on in the background. That's all glitch art. So that's what's going on in the background. Yeah. So that's, yeah. And so that's a different kind. It's almost like for me, it's a different out- output that I like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a diff- it's a different, um, almost where I can be free to do anything I want. And the other artwork I do is more, a little more um, meditative and uh, more just calming, I guess. This one's calming too, but it's just, you know, some people can't, don't like it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's too frenetic. It's too, it's too, it's too. Uh, it's busy yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's too tough. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 
it's also interesting, and I think it says something, you know, I mean, if you want to get metaphysical about it, but there's, a, you know, the, the relationship that a lot of us have with nature is artificial. Yeah. You know, and it's ur- it's an urban experience of nature. Um, and taking a photograph of something that's natural and manipulating it like that, um, to me, it makes, it makes a statement about the world that we live in where we're so disconnected with where our food comes from and, you know, we're drinking, everything's processed and um, a lot of us don't spend time out in the natural world, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of the stuff is too, is like, <clears throat> is that people, well, you know, and it, a lot of it is from here, like just taking walks, right? Sure. And I think that's where, um, you know, walking meditation comes in. You know, we often, like you said, we often take, we'll take these walks and we won't really look at things around us. We'll just, you know, have our headphones on and just look straight away and right. not really enjoy what's, what's around us. Now, I think we had time, more time now, and I think people have done that. So I think that this time has really helped out as far as, you know, people knowing what is exactly important in life. You know, I mean, slow it down and, and see, you saw the earth healing itself during this time, Yeah. Um, you know, and so, so hopefully. I really hope that we're able to hang on to it and carry it with us as life t- starts to pick up again, you know, the speed yeah. of life. Um, you know, you mentioned Titnat Han earlier and he, that's one of the, that's one of his big things was walking meditations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, you know, a, for him, I think I was being peace. It's, it's everything was a meditation, right? You wash mm-hmm. dishes, you washing dishes, uh, just be in the moment. And you you can get, you know, like, I think that a lot of people put a lot of pressure on, on meditating, right? To be like, I need to meditate for blah, blah, blah. To be, you know, but everything else can be like, when I'm doing an art piece, if you get lost in it, that's meditation. You know, that's like a, mm-hmm. that's a moment in time. And a lot of those things are at our fingertips. We just have to learn how to, you know, like when you're cooking, right. When you're cooking a dish and like all of a sudden, you know, you're like, you you put your soul into it and you're just like, Oh, it's been an hour already. You know, right. This things that we have to be more mindful of, of what we can get uh, the effect out of in life rather than, you know, 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 we have have, have mental pictures of things, how we think it should be or how it ought to be. Um, Like with meditation, you know, you might think of, you know, a guru sitting cross-legged, you know, whatever, and that's meditation. But that's just, you know, our mental concept, which oftentimes doesn't work in our favor. You know, it actually yeah. creates a barrier between what's actually going on. Yeah. So like now, I mean, I take a bath and I put a 10 minute meditation on there. You know, I just go on YouTube, you go. find something I like, something straightforward, you know, and just meditate for 10 minutes and then enjoy the rest. You know, I'm like, okay, I got my meditation. Even if I... I did, I stopped trying to do, you know, like thinking about, oh, I got to sit there for an hour, blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> now it's more like, ten, you know, 10 minutes is great. You know, just time to reset because it, it, it does reset your mind. It resets, you know, resets yourself for whatever, you know. You know, if, if you start doing it, um, pretty soon you're going to have an experience of, my gosh, it's been half an hour. I thought it felt like 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that's, you know, like I said, you know, sometimes we get more stressed about, you know, about doing something like that, you know, taking care of yourself and the, rather than just do a little bit of it. You know, and then, no. you know, and then it'll, it'll grow, you know, that's, that's kind of like, 
you said, you know, that's 10 minutes now, then 20 minutes. Because 20, actually did 20 minutes today. Cause, but it just grows. And if you feel like it, then, then, then go more. You know, if you don't, then don't feel guilty. And, you know. Exactly. Go. You know, I mean, when you, when you actually, you know, when my experience anyway has been that when you enter into a meditative practice, you're actually entering into a time that's not time. Yeah. yeah. So 10 minutes can be just as an hour. Yeah. I mean, it, it I mean, time at that, at that point, time doesn't factor into it anymore. I don't think. Yeah. Because if you're, you know, if, what's the, what's the point of like being you know there for an hour, if it, you know, you, you like to, if you're feeling guilty, cause you have to go do something else. Yeah, right. You're totally defeated your, yourself. You, you got to be there in the moment. If you can make it 10 minutes in the moment, that's, that's in linear time. I mean, there's no time, you know, so that yeah, exactly. 10 minutes exactly. is not, is not literally 10 minutes, but it'll be more, you know, what you're, you know, learning to re, you know, breathe and, Make sure you know, you know this when you're stressed out. You know, you yeah. can go, I, I just go sit down for 10, you know, and, and work this out. So, and, you know, I'm trying I'm trying to kind of, with this whole thing, kind of reset my brain and reset my, um, my activities for, you know, is this important? Yes, it's important. You know, or is this mm-hmm. important? No. It's, you know, there's a lot of things that, that I've seen that aren't that important anymore during this whole thing. Yes. You know, so. Yeah, that's one of the, that, to me, that's been one of the benefits is really ferreting out what's important and what's, you know, extraneous. Yeah. So, you know. hey, so um, I'm curious also about something that may appear to be more mundane. Yeah. But, um, you know, I also know you're in the restaurant business. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like California is making baby steps for um, getting that going again. What's what? How do you feel about all that? Um, I feel like we need to sit back and see what happens, you know, first, mm-hmm. and see what see what the data provide. I mean, you know, you you want to be scientific too in seeing how people react. I mean, what you know, what the what the reaction is going to be, right? So, and there's a lot of with restaurants. There's a lot of, you know, I wish you know you'd have you have to have two hours to explain why you can't necessarily you know um, survive off these restrictions that you have. So, right. you know, and even though they look busy, the, the busyness will be at the end of the, at the month when people can see what's going on and, you know, right. Right. so, you know, and like I said, you know, I, for me, I wish they wouldn't have opened on this weekend because <laughs> you saw what happened at the river. I did. Yes, I you know? did. Was- and, and so all those people that were, you know, that weren't being the safest, were going to be the first ones out. So, and that's what happened, you know? And, um, so, it's it's it'll be curious to see what's going on you know because you do monitor like everybody every town every city is having the same thing with the restaurants you know right i, I read an um, article by rick bayless who was you know talking about how you can't survive off 50 percent um a restaurant you can't make your bottom line no no you can't you know you need 100 percent. you need 75 you know something that you know make it up for so and there is many um different just different uh variables that go into it that you know right. that are kind of hard to to go in right uh, and, you know i was thinking um because uh, you know my daughter's also in has been yeah. in the restaurant yeah and her fiance francis yeah um you know i got to thinking that you a restaurant for the patrons, they walk in and they have their whatever experience there and then they leave. But for the staff, they're there for, you know, a good part of the day seeing all kinds of people. And so I would think that the risk level for um, the workers would be much higher than the risk level for the for the patrons. Yeah, that, that, you know, that could be true. But like I said, we don't, 
know until we gather this data. Yeah, we you don't know. know. And so, you know, I put a pin in June 8th is two, two weeks from this weekend from Monday. Yeah. So I put a pin in there and we'll see. Uh, yeah. You look at, you look, you look at, um, the state that opened up already, you know, see what happens there. You know, you got to, there's a lot right. of variables and it, and it is true. It, it, you know, you, you just don't know. And, um, yeah, we don't know. So, so we're hope you know, you can hope for the best, but you know, it, the data doesn't really back that up, but right. And we do hope um, for the best. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do, you know, hope for the best for the people out there, you know, um, uh, working right now. And especially for these first couple, you know, the first this month right here, just, just mm-hmm. to see, you know, um, and it's always been like that. And, like I said, he, maybe through some sort of, I don't know. You know, I, I just don't know. It's it like a, to me, it's it's just an unknown. So, yep, it is know. an unknown. So. And yeah, we're all on, we're sitting on pins and needles too until, till the facts start rolling in. Yeah, and then what happens yeah. then? You know. Yeah. So so, and I know I know a lot of restaurants aren't opening and being very cautious about that because the last thing they they can survive is another shutdown if you open right. it and then shut it down again. So, which happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you, know, I, I, you know, I, I am, uh, hopeful, but I am cautious and I, you know, wish every, every, yeah, I wish everybody, you know, yeah. as safe as they can be out there. No, I agree. I agree. And everybody should wear masks, <laughs> Amen. Place like that, you know, because, Amen to that. you know, yep. um, I went to a place at, you know, a yogurt shop, I, I wore a mask, and they said the people were in front of me, they didn't wear a mask and they didn't even leave a tip. Well, I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, and I was like, I'm like, at least leave a tip. I mean, like, you're not even, you know, you're helping I mean, even, so, even before this, you should have left a tip. You know, I know. I, but I was just like, you, you know, you're not wearing this, that you're, you know, you're like right. before you right here. And so anyways, right. that, so yeah, we're all, we're all going to have our opinion. So I know. Well, you know, it's funny. I was listening to someone. I think it was CNN. They were they interviewed this gentleman. It was talking about why he wasn't wearing a mask. And you know, I've read some articles. It's like people. He really believes what he believes about it. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not thinking about being making someone else at risk or harming someone else. Or he really believes what he believes. Yeah. Um, and so you know, uh, it's hard. It's hard not to maybe be judgmental about people who aren't practicing what I might consider safety. Yeah. There's a variations of that too. You know, I, I try to think about what they're thinking about, but I know that it's abstract, you know, exactly. Cause you don't know. No, you know, and I had, what I had done was, um, I had a, my car wouldn't start. So I had AAA come and he was wearing a mask, you know, and we had this conversation and he goes, do you think that, you know, do you think we all should wear a mask? And I was like, I don't know. I get that's a protocol to wear a mask. And I said, well, he's like, I haven't seen anybody. I'm like, that's because we're wearing masks. <laughs> I go, you know, well, you know what I mean? It's because it's, it's, it's an abstract thing. You can't see right. it. You right. Know? So people sometimes wonder, and sometimes I do too. You know, I'm not going to say I sit here and go, you know, the other day I was like, I, I put on a mask to go to Rite Aid, right? I'm like, I'm not going to put an N95 on because I have one from, from my art studio. Sure. And, and I was like, you know what? Why not? Because, <laughs> and so I go in there and, and, you know, there's like maybe, 75 percent people were wearing a mask you know in there and i was like well i'm not doing it for me you know i am doing it for me but we're really doing it for the workers yeah that's actually and that's absolutely the way i you know i look at it like i wear a mask because it's not going to protect me in the bottom line i have a cloth mask but it's for other people you know, and I was reading something that said it, someone said, even if it did absolutely nothing, if it provides emotional reassurance to people, it's worth wearing. 
Yeah. But, you know, like yeah. I said, a lot of people aren't going to be mindful of that. You know, they're in right. a different mindset and, you know, that that's a whole different, another different, you know, political discussion and, you know, the power. Yeah. Can, you know. I can get weird. Yeah. And the symbolism of, you know, of the leader of the, of the free country not wearing a mask is, is not a good thing. Right. So. And I even read an article about how mask wearing is is threatening to a male identity. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, that, I, and that never even crossed my mind, but I, I totally <laughs> understand. You know, wearing masks are, you know, it's not manly to wear a mask. Yeah, or and it's just like I said, it it, it all goes by example. If you had people, in, you had people You're in the right. highest 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 office wearing them and just saying. You know, hey, we're going to open up, a, you know, but please wear a mask or, you know, then it would be different. It would know? be in a different but, story completely. I mean, it maybe it might not be, but I think, I don't know, personally, I think it would be. I think that. I do. I think if, you know, yeah, leadership always sets an example. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's what yeah, we're I, agree. I agree. But it is what it is, right? Yeah. That's, it's a time we live in. So, so I've, um, regarding your, your art, do you have an online gallery where people can see your art? Um, I have at rubenrebellis.com. It's a, and it, there's some of it on there. Mostly, I, mostly I put a stuff on my Facebook page. Mostly on your, do you have an Instagram account? I have an Instagram. It's, it's um, at R-U-R-E-V-E-L. And there's stuff on there too. Okay. I'll put, I'll be sure and copy that down and post it in the yeah. podcast, podcast notes. Yeah. And then, you know, I have my website too, which is rubenrevelis.com. And, um, but the reason why I put it on my Facebook, because I'm always like uh, uh, editing um, stuff and I just go, oh, I'm going to put it up. So, you know, I just put it up and show yeah, it's kind of fun to see little video clips as you're creating. You do sometimes you do it live even as you're creating yeah. something. Yeah. So that, that gets, you know, people going to watch. So. That's kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Wow. So, um, now the, the Kelly, uh, cocktail Kelly. social hour. Yes. That, that's, that's open to anybody, right? Yeah. Well, you had to go to my, on my, well, it is on YouTube too. So it's on YouTube also. Yeah. Cause I, I simulcast to, to YouTube and Facebook. Oh, okay. So that's where, so I, you know, sometimes you'll say someone will make a, a comment about something and it's like, well, it's not on f- Facebook. So where did oh. it come from? So is that where it's coming from? No, it's actually coming from another, um, another uh, group page. I so, see. Yeah. So it's being simulcast on many. Yeah. So people can see it and then they'll, that's why Melissa will pull it up on, especially Fridays. Fridays is, um, is on a couple of uh, pages. We have a page that is uh, dedicated to kind of uh, COVID-19 uh, healing, creative healing okay. and stuff like that. So that goes on there too. And people will Very comment cool. on there too. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Wow. So, and that's, you know, that's just like that part of, part of this whole situation and it will continue after this is over with. That's why I changed the name early on, you know, to get to the, right. you know, but right. it was, like I said, it, it was just started out of just wanting to help people out or talk to people, and, people. Yeah. So, and it, and it progressed to something different. I mean, same, but, you know. Well, that's, or, yeah. that's life, right? I learned how to pull music into it and all this stuff. And so it's more refined now, I should say. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm starting to put all my episodes on YouTube yeah. and, I, I've done the original, the very first episode, and I was listening to it, and I it just blew my mind how much it's already changed in only a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. And and I, it, you can see I, it. Yeah. 
just the nature of things. Yeah. Well, is there, is there anything that um, you'd like to share that we we haven't covered today? No, I think that's that's pretty good. That's a, that's a lot. Okay, it's a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, you know, I just wish people safe. You know, to be safe out there, and uh, you know, and you know, believe in science too. That's good. And you mm-hmm. know, also add your you know personal preferences too. But you know, data is there for a reason, and science is there for a reason. And you know, that's I'm, so true. I'm a spiritual person. I believe in a lot of things, but you know, when it comes to to stuff that you know is something that we need to look at, then, you know, I think that's a, something we should look at. And uh, hopefully we all come out of this really, you know, soon. And um, I hope nature uh, finds a way because she always does. She always finds a way to correct things, you know. Yep. So, yep. And sometimes people are the problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And we need to correct. Yeah. So, you know, and I was telling someone, like, maybe we should all just say, um, you know, call uncles to nature. So, okay, we, we get it. We get it. Okay. You're, you are the boss. And then, you know, uh, right. Cause uh, I think that's what we learned. Right. I hope we've learned it. Yeah. And you know, um, time will tell whether we've learned it or not. Yeah. So, so. well, Ruben, thank you very much for yeah. this last, it's, it's been, uh, an hour. Yeah. Um, and it's been, it's been wonderful just to have this, um, time to chat and, and, uh, for me to get to know you a little better. I don't think we have ever really sat down and just yeah. visited. See, this is the new time. I know. How about that? So I'm talking, yeah. All right, my friend. Well, you be safe too. Yeah, thanks. And uh, if I don't see you Wednesday night, I'll see you Friday night. Yeah, well, I'll be Friday night. I'm gonna, uh, Wednesday is another thing, so yes. Friday Wednesday night. Is, so yeah, I thought when you said Wednesday, I'm like, really, Wednesday? Yeah, well, okay. usually, yeah, usually I do Monday or Wednesday, or fr- and Friday is the one I do for sure, usually Monday, but I had to do some other stuff, so. Okay, yeah. but Friday for sure. Yes, this Friday for sure. All right, brother, we'll see you on Friday. All right, well, have a good day. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. you do the same. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. My Life and Welcome to It is written and produced by me, Chris Jensen. Technical consultant is David Patterson of Drowning Man Productions. You can catch David on the podcast Wasting All the Time, where he, with three others, will entertain you with their improvisational comedy. Podcast art provided by Dave Edwards. You can follow Dave on Instagram at EvilDaveTM. Music for My Life and Welcome to It is Night by Ixon. That's I-K-S-O-N. And is available on SoundCloud. More information can be found in the program notes. Thanks always to Anchor for providing free hosting. You can visit their website at anchor.fm. Well, that's all for now. Be safe, be well, and God bless.